Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 100th episode of the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. I can't believe we made it this far. I can't either, man. Congratulations. I actually can't believe it's here already. Like, it's just like it's flown by. I know. It's Two quick, seasons right? nearly done. I and know. Here we are, episode number 100. If you are listening to this, thank you. You are the reason why we have made it to the 100th episode. The thousands and thousands of people that are tuning in each week to hear what we have to say blows my mind every single day. I can't believe it. We talked about it like on episode number four or something. Hey, we're really impressed that, you know, 700 people have listened to us. (laughs) And so it's just amazing that it's gone this far now. And we want to say thank you, fans. Thank you so much. You are Shirley awesome. That's right. Welcome to the Shirley Temple. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is fantastic. I'm I'm having a blast doing this with you. This is two years now. Yeah. We've gone through tons of really interesting stories and albums and movies. And today we're doing something special. Yeah. So we always cover movies of the 80s, maybe 70s, 90s, maybe 2000s, but it's pretty rare. It's like it's going to be matched up with some other old movie like we did with Superman and Man of Steel. Right. Or when we were talking about Bill and Ted face the music versus Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey. That's that's the thing. Right. Because we're of the opinion that those are the best movies that ever were made. The 80s and 90s were definitely my sweet spot. 70s yeah. too, you know? Yeah. But but uh, yeah, I agree. Those movies hit me harder for okay. whatever reason. I'm going to put you on the spot. What's okay. the best decade for movies? 80s. Yeah. I'm 80s. picking 90s. Okay. I would say 90s. Yeah. So this is, that would be an interesting, you know, when we get 200th episode, maybe that should be what we do is we That's go a good idea. 80s versus 90s, which was- Your the, 10 versus my 10. Yeah. Mono e mono. Yeah. Okay, I'm up for it. So what we're doing today is we're talking about movies that are not in the 80s or 90s. They're not in the 20th century at all. We are talking about our 10 favorite 21st century movies, which honestly, when I started this process, I'm like, I want to be I want to be hard pressed to get 10. Right. I'm actually surprised at how many decent movies have come out in the last 20 years. It's more than I thought. Now, I will say the years don't compare to 80s and 90s. Right. But there has been a lot of really good movies that have come out in the last 20 That's years. true. That's true. And 20, almost 22 years now. Yeah. It's kind of a big area to pull from. Sure. And there are some great movies and movies that I really enjoy. Now, for you and I, the early 2000s, that's when we started having kids. Yeah. And so... Time at the movies was a little bit more rare thing. And when we did go to the movies, we tended to see some kids Kids movies. Yeah. Yeah. So just the way that our life has developed, we might see that in our list. Yeah. Jason had his first kid in 02. I had my first kid in 03. And we both kept going after that. So there's there's a significant time period that we were out of the loop as far as what popular culture was other than kid culture. I've got one of those movies on my list, but I did my best to not fall back on Pixar. Well, I mean, hey, if you wanted to name 10 Pixar movies, that's this is your list, man. They are some of the best of the last 20 years for sure. Well, I mean, I mean, are you ready? Let's get into it. Let's jump into it now. Who's going to go first? Well, let's start with our honorable mentions. I want to end with my honorable mentions. What? Okay. All right. That's well, because if you we're, s- we're gonna crescendo to one. I know. Okay, let's do it before one then. Let's like let's get to number two and then okay, before we jump into our number okay. one spot, 
How about we do that? Okay. That's Does fine. that work? Yeah. Okay, Jason, you start. 10. Okay. So we're going to just jump right in here. Number 10. Number 10. This movie came out in 2005. And actually, I didn't mean for this to happen, but we are recording today on November the 5th. Right. Does that mean anything to you? Uh, the November the 5th, 1955. Yeah, this is the <laughs> anniversary <laughs> of the day that Michael J. Fox went back in time. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Yeah, you're going to have to do more for me on that. V for Vendetta. Oh, okay. Is my number 10 movie. Okay. It stars Hugo Weaving, Natalie Portman, John Hurt, mm-hmm. the guy from Aliens, the guy who got his chest ripped up. Yes. And it's sort of this, is he a freedom fighter? Is he a terrorist? Mm-hmm. He's fighting back against a overreaching government. Yeah. And, you know, who who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? It's fantastic movie. Uh, I'll tell you, I've seen part of it. I've seen like the first half, but as with the case with a whole lot of movies in my life these days, I only see a little bit before I get called away on some other emergency. Uh-huh. And so I have not been able to finish it. I've got, I got pretty far along, actually. I think probably three quarters of the way into it and just never have finished that movie. Oh uh, man, it's I unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to see it. Very, very well done. It'll make you think. It'll make you think. Yeah. Do you trust your government? Do you not trust your government? Yeah. Is dynamite the answer right you know what i mean right right okay yeah, remember that that's my okay. tip all right so for my number 10 yes. i've got the movie 1917 okay which was directed by sam mendez it was sort of based on stories that his grandfather had told him about uh being in the great war and it follows two soldiers who have to carry a message in order to save one of the soldier's brothers from certain annihilation and you've heard about the follow shot where it's just like a continuous shot they do the entire movie as a continuous shot following the characters involved and you don't ever break away it's it's an it's an interesting experiment in being able to do that something like rope that alfred hitchcock did but i just remember after that movie i called you up and i said this is a movie you need to go check out guess what you haven't checked it i out. haven't seen it yet yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think i did check it out from the the library and just didn't get a chance to watch it yet yeah. so yeah. it is now officially back in my queue all right okay yeah nine Number nine for me is the 2011 David Fincher film, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. That is ironic. I've got a David Fincher film as my number nine as well. Wow. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So this movie, it has Daniel Craig is investigating this family he's kind of in trouble and he gets called in to kind of look into this family's history and he starts to realize that there's a woman who's been missing for a long time and maybe there's a serial killer who's acting and he has to look at these pictures and try to figure out the clues it is it works as a mystery thriller like serial killer type of thing it is dark and scary and awesome i've read the book i absolutely loved the book i read it in anticipation of seeing the movie and I still haven't seen. It. Oh man, gosh! I just man. know. I mean, it's not gonna. You know, there. I know there are parts in the movie that it's not gonna be okay if a kid walks in. And that is very it's, true. It's some man rape going on very here. Very. 
Yes. By the way, spoiler alert for you know people out there. We may talk about some movies you haven't seen, and forgive us for spoiling. I'm going to try not to spoil any movies right. that Jason hasn't seen, and if he tries to spoil a movie for me, I might have to punch him because I'm a really <laughs> anti-spoiler guy. Rooney Mara's performance as Elizabeth Slander is fantastic. She's angry. She's bitter. She's mean but she's super smart and just really good at her job you've got to check out the book okay uh, you, you 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 just have to it's to get behind the eyes of that character is an amazing experience so you read the book i'll watch the movie we'll talk okay number nine number nine to me is the social network ah yeah okay so this is a David Fincher directed movie written by Aaron Sorkin, who brought us all kinds of brilliance, including A Few Good Men. Mm -hmm. But it's the story of Facebook. I know, right? And have you seen it? Yes. Okay. One of my favorites. Like I tell people all the time, have you seen this movie? Go check it out. It is truly brilliant. And the way that they work the movie is it's all takes place through the storytelling that goes on in depositions because everybody is suing Mark Zuckerberg. You think? Yeah. If I could get a piece of Facebook, would I fight hard to get a piece of Facebook? Oh, yeah. I think so. Well, and he genuinely screwed some guys. He was (laughs) sticking it to those guys, man. But, I mean, you know, you can call them the losers in the process, but all of those guys are multimillionaires. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fascinating movie. And David Fincher makes great movies, man. Performances are spot on. You got Andrew Garfield, Jesse Eisenberg, and possibly his best performance. Like he, he sounds like he looks like he carries the personality of Mark Zuckerberg to a T. Yes. Okay. Eight. My number eight movie, the hangover. Okay. All right. The Hangover. Bradley Cooper, Zach Galifianakis, Ed Helms, Heather Graham directed by Todd Phillips. Listen, this movie is hilarious. It's one of the funniest movies, if not the funniest movie of the last 20 years. And it's my number seven movie. So okay. Well, we'll let's you roll. You roll with it. Well, that, I was just going to say it not only works brilliantly as a comedy. Yes. But it works as a mystery. Yeah, absolutely. You're you are presented with the question at the hook moment in every film. You know, 30 minutes in, they've lost a man. A man they wake they've up. They've lost a man, they've lost a knight. And it's the most important man because it's the groom of the wedding that happens that day. The stakes are up top. It they, is fantastic. They have to take the clues yeah. and piece together what happened that night. So they can find their buddy, Doug. This movie was my introduction, as I imagine it was for a lot of folks. Introduction to Zach Galifianakis. Yes. Brilliant. His comedic timing, his ability to improv into moments and delivery. I mean, the the man is a genius. I'm a bit of a prude when it comes to like raunchy comedies. Yeah. I could not resist this one. Start to finish, I was laughing my butt off. Yeah, for sure. And Heather Graham. (laughs) Heather Graham. Heather Graham. Okay. So my number eight. Yeah. My number eight movie is Thor Ragnarok. Such a good one. Such a good one. I I was trying to be careful about superhero movies, but as it turned out, there weren't as many as I thought that there would be on this list. Thor Ragnarok is, in my opinion, the best Marvel movie. And Marvel movies are some of the top movies that have come out. They're fantastic. But it's the best of them all because it brings home the comedy. 
It gives us a throwback to the 80s. I mean, all of the graphics that they use are very 80s inspired. And then when we did our Flash Gordon episode, we realized, hey, this is actually borrowing a whole lot from that very movie, which ironically, the director, Taika Watiki, is going to be doing the Flash Gordon movie as well. I can't wait. I can't wait. And I'm with you. Thor Ragnarok, just outside of my top 10. Brilliant and hilarious movie. And Taiki Waitiki is a superstar. Just got to throw this out. He's got a couple of other movies that I had on my list that I had to take off just because I was trying not to duplicate. But he's got Hunt for the Wilder People, which is brilliant. takes place in New Zealand, has the guy from uh, Jurassic Park in it. And like Sam Neill, yeah, Sam Neill, yes, okay, yeah, utterly hilarious and wonderful, and an in- inspiring new story. And the other movie that's come out pretty recently is called Jojo Rabbit, which is about a little kid who has an imaginary friend who is Hitler, he's a, a Hitler youth, and his imaginary friend is actually Hitler, who is played by Taika Watiki, and it's hysterical. What? Yeah. How are you going to make a movie? You know, the producers made a a Hitler movie to make the worst play of all time, but he took a Hitler movie and made it really funny and really brought it home. Also has Scarlett Johansson in it. Uh, It's great. Great. Fantastic. Well, I will tell you this. Taika Waititi is is trying his hand in the Star Wars universe. Oh, yeah. I don't know exactly. Mandalorian, yeah. Is it? Is he directed Mandalorian? He's directed some of the Mandalorians already, yeah. Well, I say give him his own movie. Let's go. Oh, dude, he's yeah. And I'm ready for the Flash Gordon. He is one of those directors that if, you know, somebody's going to do a remake, I trust him to do the remake. Fantastic. Okay. So I've already hit my number seven. So we're going to jump on your number seven. Okay. Well, let's talk about your number seven. Well, my number seven was The Hangover. So we've already discussed that. Well, there's a part in The Hangover I was going to talk about. Okay. Yeah. The Mike Tyson punch to Zach (laughs) Galifianakis. I have never burst out laughing so violently, so quickly. Oh, my gosh. When that happened, I died laughing. I think a key ingredient of any good movie is that there are lines that you will continually quote after you've seen the movie. And I haven't, I maybe have seen it twice. I don't even know. I may have only seen it once. It's not that many times, but still, like within the last week, my wife has said to me, you ever see a baby do this? (laughs) Carlos. Oh my gosh. When they wake up in that hotel room and there's a tiger in the room with them. That's brilliant. That is brilliant. Brilliant filmmaking right there. Okay. If you haven't seen Hangover, this is not one for the kids. Not. (laughs) Not at all. No. Seven. All right. So my number seven movie. Yeah. I don't know if this, if you've seen this one or not, but I love this movie. It's called Moneyball. With Brad oh, Pitt. Yeah, I love it. It was in the running. It was okay. in the running. It's not on my list, but it was definitely in the running. I love Moneyball. Okay. I'm a big baseball fan. Yeah. And this is the story of the 2001 Oakland A's Yep. and how they had to use analytics to figure out how they were going to compete with the likes of the New York Yankees with a super small salary cap. They had no money and they had to play ball. And it, it, it may not sound interesting, but it is gripping. Oh, and yeah. very entertaining. Jonah Hill plays the, he's kind of an amalgamation of a few different guys, yep. but how they had to ba- take this team. He calls them like an Island of misfit toys yeah. to go compete. I've read at least the first part of the Moneyball book uh-huh. and the character, Brad Pitt's character, the guy that he's based Billy on Dean, yeah. is a fantastically interesting guy. I, I, 
I loved just learning the history that you don't get in the movie when you read the book. But yeah, the movie is brilliant and an early performance by Chris Pratt. That's right. He plays Scott Hatterberg, yeah, the guy that they're going to turn into a first baseman. And he's like, see, it's not that hard. And he's like, <laughs> Tell him, Washington. He's like, it's incredibly hard. <laughs> yeah. And, and in, in case you can't tell at this point, Jason has no idea what my list we is. We don't know. I have no idea what his list is. We are going into this blind just to make it as fun and as conversational as possible. When you were asking me how to pronounce French words before we started, <laughs> I got really nervous. Okay. So so to, to be fair... Um, I haven't included any documentaries in this, which okay. I might, but I, with the way that the type of movies that we covered, I didn't think that was the right thing to talk about. Okay. But there are some great documentaries. Exit Through the Gift Shop, go check it out. Euro yes. Dreams of Sushi, go check it out. I'm going to throw that out there. I also didn't do any foreign language movies. There are a couple of them out there that are brilliant. The Untouchables, I've heard Parasite's really good. I still haven't seen it I haven't yet, seen it yet. But I didn't do any foreign language movies either. Have you seen Free Solo? No. Uh, no, I haven't. I know what it is, but I haven't seen it. I get, The guy's name is Alex Harnhold, I think. Yeah. I think and he was, climbs without ropes. Without ropes at all. And climbs like, like tens Yosemite, of thousands yeah. of feet, like straight up. Yes. It's like an, not even not even vertical, but like at an, an incline where he's going backwards. It's crazy. You've got to see it. Yeah, you gotta see it. it's crazy. Okay, all right, we're on. What number are we on? I think we're six? on number six. Yeah, six. I'll go my number six. Okay. All right, here we go. What do you got? My number six, Snatch. Snatch. Snatch by Guy Ritchie. It has um, has the guys from Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels in it. Um, Brad Pitt's in it, right? Brad Pitt plays a pikey, which is kind of like the. English-Irish version of a gypsy, and he is a boxer, and Guy Ritchie's movies are all fantastic. The Sherlock Holmes movies could have easily been in this spot, but Snatch is just a little bit better than those movies to me, but he does some amazing things with boxing in a lot of those movies, and the way that he tells the story, his use of slow motion, and the twist at the end of this movie where you see that the people that you thought were stupid the whole time end up being the brilliant playmakers, it fantastic have you not seen it never seen it okay so i'll tell a story that goes along with this my brother-in-law was telling my mother-in-law how awesome this movie was and that she needed to see it and like when he first said something she slapped him because snatch has a different you know meaning right right and then she went to hastings back when hastings was still a thing right and says i'm looking for the movie crotch (laughs) (laughs) that's good that's good. All okay. Right. Number six for you. Number six for me? Yeah. Okay. We're moving into the heavy hitters. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Number six is the 2006 movie Casino Royale. Directed by Martin Campbell. First movie out of the gate with Daniel Craig. You have Eva Green, who I fall in love with every single time I watch this. Oh, she's you get the introduction of uh, Mads Mikkelsen. You got Judy Dench as M. It is brilliant. I've got it higher ranked than you have it. Okay. We'll talk about it more when we get a little further on in the podcast. Okay. Five. All right. So my number five, Step Brothers. <laughs> 
Directed by Adam McKay, who brought us Talladega Nights and then reunites Will Ferrell and John C. Riley for some of the greatest humor of all time. We used like a quote from one of their movies in one of our very first episodes when we were talking about Van Halen. Did you use my drums? <laughs> That's weird because it looks like somebody's been using my drums. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is awesome. And yeah. I I it is outside of my top ten. It is definitely not for the kids. Yeah. But if you want to see something even funnier than Step Brothers, the 20 minute outtakes on YouTube oh, will what? leave you in stitches. Oh, I gotta watch that. Oh my gosh. So fun. Those two guys together are brilliant they're absolutely freaking brilliant um except whenever apparently they make holmes and watson apparently that was a a shite show to be seen yep okay so we're we're midway through yes we've got our five our first five right so yes. our first six i gotta say this there are a few movies that i haven't seen that i just want to mention they might make the list had i seen them but i haven't seen the master by paul thomas anderson who is one of my favorite directors of all times when you look at other top 10 lists of movies of the 21st century usually there will be blood is on there by paul thomas anderson i absolutely hated that movie really but i love boogie nights i love love magnolia and I think I probably would like The Master, but I just haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it either. I haven't seen Get Out by Jordan Peele, which I heard is fantastic. I haven't seen Moonlight by Barry Jenkins. And I still haven't seen Anchorman, which I've heard is even funnier than Step Brothers. I would disagree with that statement. I have seen Anchorman, but of those four or five that you mentioned, I've only seen Anchorman. Okay, so Anchorman, we started watching it as a family, and after about <laughs> three and a half seconds, we were like, oh, nope, this isn't kid appropriate. we got to turn this off right now. Well, you were brave to even attempt down that road. It was road. PG-13. It's not an <laughs> R movie. Oh, my gosh. Tits McGee. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Are we on, where are we on? Number, number five? five for you, yeah. All right. Number five is a movie that we have podcasted on. Oh, wow. Okay. It is the 2000 Ridley Scott epic movie, Gladiator. I figured it'd be on here. Russell Crowe as Maximus Decimus Meridius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and he will have his benches. Star of a horrible movie. <laughs> You are smoking drugs. On I this, know, man. I know. I'm in the minority of, I'm of guys who don't like Gladiator, but I just don't like it. I don't oh, like it. You I, are it's, crazy. It's definitely on a whole lot of these lists, but it's a whole lot of style. The, yeah. the plot is very straightforward. It's yeah. a straight on revenge picture, but man, stylistically, and you got Joaquin Phoenix and Connie Nielsen as his sister. Oh, love it. Love All right. It. Ready for number four? Yes. Four. All right. Number four for me. Yes. Ratatouille. Yeah, Ratatouille. So we talked at the beginning. Pixar movies are top notch for this entire century, right? Yes. And so I had to pick one of them because I didn't want to do all of them. Right. But as it turns out, there was really only a couple that were even in the running. Okay. Finding Nemo was in the running. Okay. But... 
Ratatouille speaks to me on a personal level because I love food. You're a foodie. I love food. I love cooking. And my family will routinely, I'm like, hey, you want to watch Ratatouille? They're like, you are Ratatouille. What do you like? <laughs> but you've got Brad Bird. Um, do brilliant who is yeah who has proven himself not only in the animation world but also in mission impossible live action mission impossible ghost yeah. protocol one of the best mission impossibles of all time it's true and that's another great series that i didn't i didn't include any from i didn't include any lord of the rings i didn't include any harry potters i've seen them all they're good they're watchable but they're not in my top 10 brad bird did Iron Giant. Iron Giant. Yes. That's, that's where I was going with that. Yeah. Iron Giant, which is fantastic. That one may have flown under your radar. Yeah. It was kind of his first one out of the gate. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. Love it. Old school animation, not not it, it, uh, Pixar. Right. That's true. Yeah. Okay. You, what's your four? number four? Oh, wait. I got to tell you that the thing that you're like, you're looking up French words. So ratatouille <laughs> that they make. Yes. Everybody's like, that's not ratatouille. So it's a style of, rat, of ratatouille called confit bld and it's a different way of making it it's sliced thin and baked instead of stewed like a normal ratatouille would be but i just thought i would share that little bit of french with you today wow thank you, you. you're blowing my mind there you go. so my number four movie is a movie from 2006 called limitless That is a great movie. Thank you. That actually that bypassed everything. I don't know how it didn't come up on my radar when I was looking okay. tracking things down, but that's that's a top notch film. When I watched that for the first time, yeah, I got to the end. Mm -hmm. This has happened a couple of times in my life, a few times. Yeah, I hit stop, you know, on the DVD, right, and just started over. I yeah. just immediately started over. It's a works as a fantasy film. Like, what could I be if I? had this magical miracle drug called, I think it's called NZT, mm -hmm. NZT. And it opens up the part of your brain that allows you to become all of your potential. Right. And so Bradley Cooper, he's smarter than everybody in the room. He knows everything. He's got everything organized in his head to do exactly what he needs to do. He does make some really stupid decisions, but you got to have some peril in the movie, you know? Right. It's kind of flowers for Algernon meets Mission Impossible meets... Yep. Uh, train spotting. I mean, it's you yeah. got you, you got all kinds of fantastic stuff going on. Uh, it's fantastic, great yeah. movie. I, yeah, that is a rewatchable movie. That's it. I mean, that's a, we're talking about best movies, and we didn't really establish any criteria. But I had to think to myself, what of these movies would I rewatch? Yeah, a lot of them I would rewatch. But that doesn't. That's not necessarily the only criteria. Some movies, Schindler's List, amazing movie. I don't have a desire to go back and rewatch it over and over. Right. Again. Right. I, my list are, these are the top 10 movies that entertained me. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're at number three. We're at number three already. We're at number three already. Three. So back to Casino Royale. That was my number three movie. I can remember when I heard about this coming out, there was a lot of talk because, hey, this is not the origin story. 
because they finally got the rights to Casino Royale. You know, we discussed it in our Bond versus Bond episode, the origins, the origin stories. And somebody bought the rights to Casino Royale before Cubby Broccoli and Eon Productions ever started doing those things. And so they never had the rights to Casino Royale. It ended up getting made as first as a TV movie and then as like a spoof movie. Right. Kind of the precursor to uh, Austin Powers. Right. But it never had been made as a serious Eon Productions Bond movie. And then we had, because it was the origin story, we had a new James Bond and he was blonde. I know, right? People were freaking out about that. I can remember watching this for the first two scenes in this movie, the black and white scene where he gets his second kill for his double O yep. and being like, this is kicking my butt. And then they move to the chase scene where the the bomb maker is doing parkour through the construction site and he's following right along and they're battling on top of a freaking crane. And I'm like, holy poop, this is freaking brilliant. Yeah, it's awesome. Best chase scene in the history of all chase scenes ever. Top. Blowing my skirt bag with that. Best James Bond movie, without question, in my opinion. I just saw the most recent one. It's good. It was good. good. It was really good. Uh, No Time to Die. Yes. And we talked a little bit about that, how there's a line from the... The George Lazenby. Yes, thank you. George Lazenby. On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. For those of you who are familiar with the older movies. Bond movies, yeah. When he says to his... Bride. Bride. Yeah. We have all the time in the world. That's a throwback to On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, they throw in that line in this movie early on, and I was like, oh, crap. She's about to die. Somebody's about to die, because that's what happens in the George Lazenby thing, but that's not what happened in this movie. And then they bring it back with a button later on, and they did a solid job. Yeah. Solid job. Yep. And like the Bond people who were freaking out because you had a blonde Bond. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. We're going to my number three movie where people were freaking out as well. Okay. Heath Ledger as the Joker. Okay. Before you say any more. Yes. Save it. Okay. Save it. That's my number three. That's your number three. I get it. I get it. Save your number three. All right. We'll come back. Okay. All right. Two. Okay. My number two. Yes. Deadpool. Okay. So Deadpool is got such, it's such an incredible movie and it's got such a good story behind it because they've been trying to make it for 12 years. When I, when I was a little kid, I read comic books yeah. and then I didn't read comic books for a long time. And then when I was about 20, 21, I started reading comic books again. This is the mid nineties. And this brand new comic book came out called Deadpool. And I got issue number one and two and three. Whoa. And it was awesome. I loved it. So I've got this real connection with this character. Fast forward 20 years. Yeah. 20 years. And they've done Wolverine Origins. And there's a Deadpool character in this movie. It doesn't seem the same, though. But I'm happy that, hey, there's this guy. So there's there's all this motion going on. But basically, Fox didn't want to have a rated R movie, right? They, they didn't want that. And they weren't going to fund it. And basically, they put together this demo clip, right? And Fox saw it. And they didn't think it was that great. And so they didn't green light the movie. And then somehow, the demo clip leaked. Uh-huh. And when the demo clip leaked, 
everybody went nuts. They were like, this movie has to happen. How has this movie not happened yet? This is the superhero movie that we have all been waiting for. I don't know if it was Tim Miller, the director that leaked it. I don't know if it was Ryan Reynolds who leaked it, Right. but I am confident that there was a tactical move to get the public bought in on this. And then they delivered. Fantastic, hilarious, makes fun of itself, makes fun of the fact that the studio won't give it any budget. It's like, it's kind of weird. When I come to this house, there's only two mutants here. It's almost as though the studio didn't have the budget for any more. <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, Ryan Reynolds had been in a failed superhero movie. Blade. He was in Green Lantern. Oh, Green Lantern too. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was another reason. And Wolverine, the origins of Wolverine, that was pretty bad. It was not good. And Green Lantern, maybe even worse. And those were big budget movies. People hated Green Lantern. I actually thought it was good. You're talking about 200 million, 150 million for those two movies. Deadpool, they made on a budget of 58 million that had gotten cut down. Like it was 60 something. They cut it down on day one to 58 million. Yeah. And they still made top notch movie. Love it. Yeah. It's funny. It's super funny. Yeah. Okay. Your number two. two. My number two. My number two. And I I know you wanted to rip me for having Dark Knight at number three. Okay. Dark Knight, hear me, people, yeah. is not the best movie of 2008. The best movie of 2008. And I had to take a long, hard look in the mirror, okay? Okay. Because this movie entertained me more than The Dark Knight did. Okay. The original, Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man. is my number two movie. This gave birth to the Marvel Universe. It did. And Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark is as much fun and as interesting as Iron Man. And that is a rarity. This movie is appropriate to be on your list because it was the reason that we have the Marvel Universe. Yes. There is no question. It is the reason. It's the reason. You've John got- Favreau knocked it out of the park John right Favre- out of the gate. John Favreau as a producer, director, writer, he's brilliant. Yes. We've seen from Mandalorian, he's brilliant. We've seen from his other movies, he's brilliant. Chef, by the way, another food movie. I love that movie. Also great. Yes. And then you combine him with Robert Downey Jr., who brings his own personality to oh the character gosh. of Tony Stark. It's it's absolutely appropriate. It's not on my list, but I can totally see why it's on yours. Thank you. You know who was originally supposed to be Iron Man before Robert Downey Jr.? No. Like 10 years prior? Mm. Tom Cruise as Tony Stark. Mm. Now, listen, we've talked about our alternate universe before. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. He is. I absolutely 100% think that he is a perfect fit. But I'd still want to see that Tom Cruise movie with him as Tony Stark. Sure. Okay. All right. So let's talk about our honorable mentions before we get to our number one movie. Okay. Hit me with your honorable mentions. Okay. Well, I'll do one. You do one. Then we go go from there. All right. Okay. Sure. How many do you have? I have two. How about you do your two and I'll do the rest of mine. Okay. Okay. All right. (laughs) I I don't know what you're going to slam me with here. Yeah. All right. Okay. So my two honorable mentions. The first one, honorable mention number one is the Doug Lyman Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise from 2014. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, Yeah. I really enjoyed that movie. Edge of Tomorrow. And you may have seen the poster that says Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah. I think that would have been a cooler name. Yeah. Um, But it's about this guy and he kind of gets in this time loop. And It's like Groundhog Day. It's like Groundhog Day. Every day he has to die 
and he starts back, but he has a little bit more knowledge. Yeah. And he get a little bit further. Yep. And he has to save the world. And every day I, I run to a dead end. Boom, I'm dead. It's Groundhog Day with soldiers and aliens. Oh, so good. <laughs> I mean, what, can, what more could you ask? And Emily Blunt is sexy and smart. And she's awesome. She's a bad A. And yeah. And honestly, what should have, this will be an honorable mention for me that I didn't actually have on my list, yeah. but A Quiet Place, it should be on the list. I have never seen that. You've never seen A Quiet Place? I have never <gasps> seen that. I was oh, like all so the rage good. there for a second. Oh, yeah. It's still good. It's still good. I didn't have any horror ones on my list. That one and It, if you can even throw in some horror movies, the chapter one, those are both brilliant, not my style, but brilliant movies that I thoroughly enjoy, despite the fact that I'm not a big horror guy. All right. Here are my honorable mentions. You ready? I have one good one. Oh, all right. Do you want me? No, no, Are we no, trading no. back and forth? No, you go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Honorable mention number two. Number two. For me. Yeah. 2003, yeah. Kevin Costner directed Open Range. Haven't seen it. Oh, Heard man. it's great, but I have not seen I it. I love it, man. I love it. It's thrilling. It's the whole, you know, you run into a cattle baron and he hates free grazers. And by God, I'm going to take charge of this town. And Kevin Costner and Robert Duvall take on the cattle barons in this one town. And it's it's the same plot as every Western you've ever seen in your life. But the scope and the sprawling scenery and... The shootout at the end is better than anything. It's kind of like when you watch Star Wars, you think, man, this is great. And then you watch Mandalorian, you're like, whoa, this is fantastic. They've upped the thrill and the action and the shootout at the end. I love open range. Have you seen Yellowstone? Uh, I've seen one or two episodes. Okay. I've heard it's fantastic. And I too, I've seen maybe one or two episodes. I haven't really got to sit down and watch it, but I've heard it's brilliant. But Kevin Costner... And a cowboy hat and a horse, probably going to be good. We talked about how it's cowboys and baseballs for him. <laughs> cowboys and baseballs. Right? Yep. Dances with Wolves and Open Range, Wyatt Earp. Flashback to our Tombstone episode we talked about last week. Yeah. Kevin Custer and Cowboy Hat. Okay. You ready for my honorable yeah. mentions? Yeah. I, I have just a couple more than you do. Oh, okay. Dude, this was hard. This was really hard. I had like You're 30, bending the rules here. 35 movies on my list. So I'm just going to run through them. All right. You ready? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Whiplash, The Prestige, The Departed, Ocean's Eleven, No Country for Old Men, The Heat, hilarious, and you can watch it with your wife, not your kids, but with your wife. Catch Me If You Can, rewatchable over and over and over again. Love it. And Inglorious Bastards. I'm surprised that wasn't on your list. Yeah, I was I was hard pressed to I, I any of those movies could easily jump into my top 10 at any moment. I saw that for the, the first time last week and we yeah. were talking about it. Yeah. And it was awesome. Have you seen Django Unchained? I have not seen Django Unchained. It's also brilliant. See, I liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and you did not. I did not. No, I did not. Uh, I was I was gripped from the word go. Yeah. I was gripped, and then I was let go and deft, left hanging there for like another two hours. <laughs> got good for the last 15 minutes. I need to watch Django. Yeah, you do. All okay. right. We're number ready for number one. One. Okay, I'm going to say my number one first because you've already brought it up. My number one has to be The Dark Knight. Okay. Okay, so let me just say, Christopher Nolan is the director of this century, right? Yeah. He had a small budget movie that he made before he made Memento, but Memento came out in 2000. I watched it last night. It was on my list. Inception was on my list. I just took them out and I just said, I'm going to mention them when I talk about The Dark Knight because they're both brilliant. But Dark Knight has to be 
the number one movie because number one, you're taking the greatest director of the last 20 years and you're throwing in, as you mentioned, Heath Ledger in the performance of his life. It's brilliant, man. It is so good. And I, I've studied the way that Christopher Nolan does stuff and he's so mathematical in the way that he puts the movie together. Like as he designs the movie, the way he puts it together, very mathematical about how things are arranged. There's a musical trick. Okay. And you can maybe we can throw this in here. It's called shepherd tone. And basically what it is, is that you have three tones that are all rising at the same time, but are not the same tone. And then the highest of those tones will drop an octave while the other two continue to rise. And then the next highest will drop and they continue. And it creates this illusion of continually escalating in pitch, even though it's not. It's really kind of crazy. I'll play a sound clip here in a minute. He takes three different storylines and he says, okay, I'm going to up the ante on this story, then up the ante on the next story, then up the ante on the third story. And then when you have a break on story number one, you're already at the climax of story number three. It's all just so, so brilliantly handled. And he minimal CGI, despite the fact that he's doing big, giant, complex stuff like Inception, Interstellar, the man is a genius. He knows how to put a story together. This is what his theory is. I put the camera in such a place as you feel like you're in the movie with whoever the actors are. And what we have is the creation of the greatest movies of the last 20 years. Top of that list, pinnacle of that list has to be The Dark Knight. I can't argue with you. I mean, I, I blew my friggin' doors off, yep. right? It is amazing. And I'm a big fan of Batman 89. Maybe we got to tussle about these two next season. Are you teasing this up already? I am. Yes. All right. So we are, we are already preparing for season <laughs> number three. I'm going to throw this out there. So first, very first part of season number three, we are going to be discussing Batman 89 versus The Dark Knight. And we will do it in such a way that we will also be discussing the new Batman movie called The Batman. I pray. I pray that it holds up. Pray that it holds up. I know, right? It's going to be awesome. That is a epic episode that I can't wait to get into. They've done a really good job with the teasers and the trailers. So I'm hopeful that they deliver. It on looks the whole good. Movie. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm at the edge of my seat. I'm excited to hear what you have as your number okay. one. I don't my know. My number one movie of the 21st century. Yes. We have not mentioned it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Are you nervous for me? I am. Yeah. I'm worried. I'm not going to like it. <laughs> I'll be shocked if you don't like it. Okay. I'll be shocked if you don't love it. Okay. It is the best superhero movie of the 21st century. It is 2004's The Incredibles. Brad Bird at his absolute best. Yeah. You have Craig T. Nelson as Mr. Incredible. You have Holly Hunter, Holly Hunter as Elastigirl. You have Samuel L. Jackson as Frozone. You have Brad Bird as Edna. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> and you have Jason Lee as Syndrome. Yeah. It is funny. 
it works as a superhero movie. It works as a family movie. It works as a spy movie. It has that sort of old 60s James Bond type of feel. Yeah. It's absolutely entertaining. It's 100% great for the kids. It's great for you. It is the best movie of the 21st century. I can't argue with it. Huh. I can't argue with that. I mean, that's the, I, I don't agree necessarily, but I'm not faulting you because that is a fantastic movie. Fantastic movie. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Brilliant. Every time that comes on, I'm like, oh, I'm busy for the next hour. And a half. <laughs> <laughs> All right, D, I reached out to our good buddy, James Buckley. He's been with us pretty much since day one. He's just been a great encourager and a great fan of ours. I asked him for his top 10 of the 21st century, and here's what he came up with. Hi, everyone. This is James Buckley in Louisiana. Jason asked me to chime in with my top 10 movies of the 21st century. And while I don't get to see near as many movies as I'd like these days, there have been a quite a few films over the past few decades that have really stuck with me. Coming in at number 10, we have Shaun of the Dead. And um, in this movie, I think Edgar Wright produced the perfect horror comedy. It simultaneously embraced all the standard zombie movie tropes and also made fun of them. And what can I say about Simon Pegg and Nick Frost? They are a comedy dream team. Next, we have The Raid Redemption, which was a 2011 Indonesian film produced by a Welshman, Gareth Evans, and it really showed how far you could take the genre. If you've ever seen the Carl Urban Judge Dredd movie, you've basically seen a watered-down version of this movie, but I highly recommend the original, even though Judge Dredd is the law. Coming in at number eight, we have High Fidelity, which was an early 2000s John Cusack romantic comedy. This is not my favorite genre, but I take an exception to this movie. It's based on one of my favorite books by Nick Hornsby. And I spent a lot of time in record stores in the 90s, and I met so many people who were just like Jack Black's obnoxious clerk that this one really resonated with me. Coming in at number seven, we have Casino Royal, which I think is the most fully realized James Bond movie we have yet to see. Daniel Craig really could have stepped off the pages of Ian Fleming's novels. That's not to cast aspersions at Sean Connery or Roger Moore or any of the other James Bonds, but Craig really seemed to embody Fleming's original concept of the character. While the subsequent movies left me neither shaken nor stirred this is a fantastic film number six we have unbreakable which was m night Shyamalan's follow-up to the sixth sense it was such an understated approach to the superhero genre that at first i wasn't sure what i was watching but as Shyamalan stripped away the various layers you realize that hey bruce willis is a superhero and he's also a balding superhero which gave me hope as my hairline steadily retreated after this Shyamalan seemed to wander in the cinematic wilderness for a few years trying to find his direction and i think he rebounded quite admirably just to a few years ago when he really split, which is the number five movie in my list. James McAvoy had a fantastic turn in this movie, playing so many roles from Patricia on down. And of course, in true Shyamalan fashion, there was a twist, which I never saw coming. I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but let's just say it relates back to my previous pick. Number four, we have Guardians of the Galaxy, which is, you know, Marvel has released a lot of movies over the past decade or so, and this is one of my favorites. It was such a fun film. You could tell Chris Pratt was having an absolute ball as Star-Lord, and I was glad to see this was such a breakout role for him and how can we forget Vin Diesel turning in his best dramatic performance as the talking tree Groot number three we have another Marvel movie this one really kicked off the whole MCU universe it was Iron Man and you could not have cast Tony Stark any better than they did with Robert Downey Jr. The parallels between the characters' lives and Robert's lives are amazing. But man, you could tell Downey was also having an absolute blast in this role. And I was glad to see him also making such a major comeback. At number two, we have John Wick, which could just as easily have been number one. 
This really revitalized the action genre. Keanu Reeves turned in a killer performance, no pun intended, uh, amazing fight scenes, and as a dog lover, you know, who couldn't really sympathize with John. Finally, coming in at number one, we have The Return of the King, the conclusion of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. This most epic conclusion to the most epic of epic storylines was truly deserving of all the praise it got. Fantastic performances, outstanding set pieces, and it really wrapped up all the story's plot threads in a very rousing, satisfying way. I'm sure J.R. Tolkien was smiling down somewhere. Alright guys, that's it. This list obviously is subject to change and there were quite a few runners up that could just as easily have made the top 10. But I hope this helps. Thanks. Have a great day. Alright, James providing some new nuggets that I gotta go test out. I got that Indonesian thing, the redemption thing sounded good. I'm gonna go look at that one. Yeah, I've never heard of that one. And he had some similar ones to us. He had Casino Royale, James. Royale. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they spoke French in, in Louisiana. Royale with cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had jurors had Iron Man on there. I know. I, like, I'm I think very happy. Number two. Yeah, I was happy about that. Yep. No, uh, he had no Dark Knight. No, no Dark Knight, but I can't fault him for Unbreakable either. That's a really good one. And Guardians of the Galaxy is definitely one of the best, I'd say, number two Marvel movie of all of them. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks a bunch, James. We really appreciate you, man. Yep. James, thank you. As always, we appreciate you. We'll see you down the line. Well, we want to hear from you guys. Yeah. These are our 10 best. There's tons that we missed. There's tons that we may have overlooked. Yeah. Let's hear from you. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us each and every week. We cannot do it without you. We appreciate all the support that you've given us. If you made it this far in, be sure and hit the subscribe button or the follow button. And if you'd like to be an executive producer, you know, our friend Dan Lefebvre, who does Based on a True Story, mentions in his podcast how many hours of work it takes him to do a podcast. I don't want to go into that, but I'll just tell you that Jason and I do a whole lot. We love it. So it's okay. But if you are interested in helping us out financially, go to our Patreon page. It is patreon.com slash Shirley podcast, and you can help us out with a monthly donation and we would greatly appreciate it. Let's talk about what's coming up next. Well, what's coming up next is the hip hop episodes. Got some research to do on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's stuff that I'm familiar with, and then some stuff that I'm going to learn a lot about. So I'm excited. But there were two albums that came out in 1986 that changed the face of music. It's I, true. I, I they did. So bold. Changed the face of music, and we're going to explore both of them. We're looking at Beastie Boys, License to Ill, and Run DMC's Raising Hell. We have a special guest who's going to be joining us for those episodes, yeah. who is a, an expert and lived the life, went to those concerts. I, I, I'm excited to have him on the show. David Wright, otherwise known as Deaf Dave, is going to help us out, and we're going to lean on him a lot, I think. Be Deaf Dave, Dr. Fresh, and JCC. <laughs> Dr. Fresh. Jayco. You're going to be Jayco, I think. That's what it is. Your, your rap name will be Jayco. Jam Master J, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you very much. We will see you next week. See you next week, guys. Thanks so much. Bye.